Broadcasting live from the KVXL studios at Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. The Frittle Show with Crystal Heath. I've said that we must be cautious in claiming God is on our side. I think the real question we must answer is, are we on his side? Faith, family, freedom. For me, it's very simple. I think we've got to, we've got to get the country back on the right track with the most inspiring agenda. A voice in the desert. Now, here's Crystal Heath. Okay, guys, I, uh, I just went with Wacky Wednesday for this one because I don't even know. <laughs> I, I could not get a theme for this podcast. There are just too many bizarre things. I'm going to try and paste them together. I will try. This will be the podcast that will not be 45 minutes. It may be the first one to happen this year, but this I'm this is going to be the one. We're going to get it done. We're going to get you on your way. We're going to hit some crazy things and all right. So we're going to talk about what's happened with the Texas weather. What really went down there? Is this the the fault of renewable energy of you know <laughs> did Joe Biden solve climate change already? Sorry, that was sarcastic. But I'm just saying Texas never had these problems when Donald Trump was the president. I, just a thought. Um, <laughs> because, you know, presidents are clearly responsible for everything that happens in the world. Not just in the United States, but in the world. Renaming McCarran Airport conventions coming back to Las Vegas and the coronavirus vaccine not existing before Joe Biden came into office, not to mention $1,400 stimulus checks that are going to allow 22.6 million Americans to pay their bills in full for months. A lot to talk about. But my favorite, perhaps. My favorite, perhaps. It's getting harder and harder to tell headlines of regular articles from headlines of Babylon Bee articles. Case in point. I believe this is the New York Times. Uh, is this the New York Times? Yes, it is. Taylor Lorenz, a writer for the New York Times. Article's headline is Two Tin Cans and a Piece of String. Fun Childhood Method of Communication or White Supremacy Hotbed. I I just don't even know where to begin. Like if you never tried this, did you even really have a childhood if you're a millennial? Like I understand some of you younger people might have no idea what this even means, but if you're over like the age of 25 and you never did this and apparently never thought that you were somehow superior to other groups of people, by doing so, then I guess your childhood was really messed up. Because you, you just didn't know that you were participating in some sort of white supremacy. It's, 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 the world has gone crazy. But apparently 22.6 million Americans are going to be able to pay their bills in full through mid-July, according to a new report. Politicking on Twitter reported this. And I, I did the maths when they reported this in February. Um, well, it is February, but the <laughs> they reported this on February 12th. So I calculated that mid-July would probably be about, you know, July 12th. 
And then if you count the months, March, April, May, June, July, uh, and, and February, so you, you had six months there, a $1,400 stimulus check is basically allowing people to pay their bills in full. Sorry, did I say six months? Five months. To pay their bill in full for five months. $1,400 divided by five, that's $280 a month in bills. And the study isn't saying that it will help them pay their bills or that, you know, this will be a nice supplement. No, no, no. This will allow them to pay their bills in full. And I just, I need to meet some of these people. Not to mention the fact that there are 22.6 million of them, but I am amazed. I mean, I am truly amazed that there are 22.6 million Americans who managed to get by on $280 a month. I, I mean, I coupon, I got, I got a great deal. By the way, if you're in Las Vegas, I have preached this to my friends for years and some of them listen, but most of them don't. You need, you need, you need to download apps for grocery shopping, okay? This will transform your grocery budget. Albertsons app, Smith's app. Let me tell you what I got today. <laughs> this is a weekly recount that I do with my mom when I drive home from work. I'm like, Mom, guess what I got today? I'm tell she'll tell you. She'll tell you. Every week I do this to her because every week I find some really good deals. And usually I also pray for what I need. I'm, I'm not joking. Yesterday I walked into my dining room where we keep the stacks of our water bottles and I said, God, I'm running low on water bottles. I w it would be really awesome if Albertsons could do their water bottle special again so that we could get some more water bottles. What do you think? I'm sorry, it was on Monday. What do you think was in the Albertsons flyer yesterday on sale today that I got for 99 cents? 24 packs of water bottles. In the Albertsons app, clip the coupon, 99 cents for a 24 pack of water bottles, and you're allowed to get two packs. So, there you go. Also, Smith's this week's has a digital coupon, 89 cents for 18 count eggs, and you can get five of them if you want five of them. We go through a lot of eggs, so guess how many we got? Five of them. <laughs> Less than five bucks. I'm telling you people, there are ways to save money. But the fact that you can get by on $280 a month for your bills, like electric, water, uh, you're putting gas in your car, your mortgage, your food, your health insurance, all your bills, $280 a month. This is impressive. If you are one of these people, I really want to meet you. Come find me on Twitter or Facebook at The Friddle. We also have a new study that says that vitamin D is imperative to your health, particularly when it comes to COVID-19. There is an 80% reduction in the need uh, for, for, uh, for ICU hospitalizations and a 60% reduction in deaths simply by getting enough activated vitamin D. I have a friend that almost died from COVID. He has been pushing this. Uh, his doctor, his his personal doctor is different than the doctors he had in the hospital. But after he got out of the hospital, this was one of the things uh, that he's been saying since, you know, I, I forget when he, it was like last summer or before that. He, uh, he had COVID really bad and uh, I nearly died, but he's been a vitamin D proponent. I've been taking vitamin D for 
well, like pretty much ever since that happened. Um, and then when I got COVID, lots of vitamin D and sunshine. You need the direct sunshine vitamin D. Okay, not sunburn vitamin D. You can still put on the sunscreen, but get out and get some fresh air. That is the worst thing is for you to sit in front of your TV and veg out. You need to get some sunshine. You need to get some air. And by the way, if you're on Twitter, I want you to go on my Twitter page at the Friddle and then go to the things that I have. I don't remember if I retweeted this or if I favorited it. I retweeted it. So if you just go on my profile, scroll down, I want you to go and see uh, a guy named uh, Yu Yang Gu, who is a uh, the creator of COVID-19-projections.com. Uh, he's a data scientist from MIT. He has put up maps of the U.S. Uh, infection rates from November through now. And there's a side-by-side comparison of them. And the maps are a great visual representation of how we are not where we were when it comes to COVID uh, of even just a few months ago. But according to our president, um, we, we didn't have the coronavirus vaccine when he came into office. Even though our president literally had taken the COVID-19 vaccine. Like, he literally had the COVID-19 vaccine himself prior to getting into office. And some people say, oh, it's just a, it's just a typical gaffe, a verbal stumble, no big deal. For five years, the Washington Post rang up Trump for over 30,000 false or misleading claims, including statements like, I have tremendous African-American support. Fact checker for the Washington Times, when Biden said this yesterday, a guy named Glenn Kessler literally tweeted, it was a verbal stumble, a typical Biden gaffe. Ex-Trump officials should especially cool the outrage meter as it just looks silly. He was quote-tweeting a tweet from Kaylee Meckline. I'm sorry, it's not a semantical thing. It's not a misspoken thing. It's a straight-up lie on a very important point, and it should be called out. It, it is, But, it, you know, if you didn't realize that our media was absolutely hypocritical on all of these things, then, well... You've got some major surprises coming over the next couple of years. Biden, in the CNN town hall, like his first real discussions as president, so many things. Like, it was just the softball interview with Anderson Cooper. If you didn't see it, I don't, I'm not going to go through all today because I said that we would try to keep podcasts shorter, and I'm going to try to, to actually do that. But, you know, besides the COVID in my opinion, non-gaff. Like, it's that, that, that is not acceptable. And the Biden administration should issue a correction to that. That's just not, it's not in any way acceptable. What really irked me, though, was Joe Biden trying to explain away the human rights violations of China. He, he talks about what China's doing in Hong Kong. He talks about genocide against the Uyghurs. And in his conclusion, what he says is that culturally, there are different norms. 
at the beginning of the interview, he said, everyone knows I like kids better than people. I'm not entirely sure what that means. But he said, culturally, there are different norms. And then went on to remind Americans that China has been victimized by the West in the past. Like, if they're not strong, if they don't present a strong front, then the West will victimize them. And different cultures have different standards. Those are... those. <laughs> He's literally spouting Chinese Communist Party propaganda lines. I I kind of miss. I I know it's not been very long, but I kind of miss when we didn't have a president who was apologizing for communists who are murdering and slaughtering their own people who are who are crushing democracy in Hong Kong and conducting egregious human rights efforts or actions, and and the president is saying there are different standards. There are different standards of what is normal and acceptable in different cultures. Okay, well, by that measure, if that's what you want to say, if you want to say, well, you know, we can't really talk about that because in different cultures, different things are, are, are okay that aren't okay, well, then, that, that, sounds, that sounds really similar to, like, you know, what some people say about uh, uh, slavery in the South. It was, it was just, it was cultural. It was a normal cultural thing. And to a degree that, that is, I'm not saying it's not true. It was a normal cultural thing. Just like abortion is a normal cultural thing in America. That does not make it right. (laughs) Just because the Chinese Communist Party says that our culture is to suppress and kill and kidnap children from uh, those who do not agree with us. That's not, that's not culturally acceptable. That's evil. And instead of calling out the evil, our president is like, you know what, we just, they they need to have a strong China because otherwise the West will oppress them and different cultures have different norms. (laughs) Okay. He also said that no one should go to jail for a drug offense. I'm sure that drug gangs all over the world are celebrating, especially those here in the United States. I don't know if we're going to fact check anything that the new president says is racist either, but he also said that minorities don't know how to use or know how to get online. I I feel like that's some kind of racist trope, that minorities don't know how to use the internet. (sighs) And so it goes on. I I won't go through the whole thing, but we we also learned from, uh, from Newsweek yesterday that uh, President Biden playing as Luigi won a Mario Kart race against his granddaughter at Camp David. These are the important items that our news media feels they must now report since they don't have the Trump impeachment to continuously cover. Adding to the concerns of the new president's first several weeks, he is the first president in 40 years who has not yet contacted our ally of Israel and, in fact, doesn't even list Israel as an ally. He's already phoned many world leaders, though. Don't know, This isn't like something he just hasn't gotten around to yet. No, no, he's talked to Vladimir Putin. He's talked to Chinese President Xi Jinping. But during his 20, 
Plus, days in office, he has yet to speak with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. He is the first president in modern history to punt on bolstering our relations with our greatest ally in the Middle East. Every president, going back to at least Ronald Reagan in 1981, made contact with their Israeli counterpart within a week of assuming office. Uh, but uh, Biden has not. And Jen Psaki is not... <laughs> has declined to disclose when or if Biden will call him. It's not even a circle back. It's just uh, we're not talking about that. So Biden won't call Netanyahu, but he did make it a point to mention that every former president has called him except for one. And I thought, wow, to be in your shoes. I mean, those must have been some interesting phone calls. Like, can you imagine getting a phone call from... Like John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, Abraham Lincoln, I mean, Miller Fillmore, is he the one that didn't call you? <laughs> Matt Shapiro tweeted that. He's like, man, I can't believe Miller Fillmore didn't give you a call. <laughs> Obviously, that one is actually a gaffe and a, and a misspeaking. I will, I will allow the misspeaking for that one. But not for the, there was no coronavirus vaccine when I came into office. Nope, that one's just a flat-out lie. So, things are going well then. Yeah, I guess. Uh, when it comes to <laughs> what is happening with our president, I'm telling you, I told you last week, this is why they have kept the spotlight on Trump as long as possible. And as I also said last week, Trump was not impeached. And there's this poll going around that Trump is the hands-on favorite for 2024. Uh, please note that Ron DeSantis is not in that poll. And also please note that I don't think that that poll is, in fact, accurate. Just my take. I also think that it would be a mistake for us to have Donald Trump as a candidate again, not because I didn't think he didn't govern well as president, but I think there's just so much hate and vitriol, I don't think he can win. All right. But, you know, who knows? Never know. Uh, let's move on to uh, Texas. Then we'll hit what's happening here in Vegas real quick, and then we will wrap things up. So, Texas. Experiencing things they have pretty much never seen before. In fact, I'm fairly certain that this is the first time in history that every county in Texas got snow. Crazy. And rather than myself, a Pennsylvania native uh, transplanted to Las Vegas, going from a place of green and snow and happiness to the desert, <laughs> where we have no snow and therefore no happiness. No, just kidding. Um, trying to explain Texas. I'm going to let Dan Crenshaw... Liberals have been going after him because he has uh, mocked Newsom <laughs> in big-time fashion for various issues that California has had with their energy. So liberals have been going after Crenshaw with a vengeance over Texas's problems. So Crenshaw took to Twitter and just put everybody on blast. So I'm just going to read through his feed because it, it this is what happened in Texas. If you're like, what is going on? Crenshaw, Representative Dan Crenshaw from Texas. With blackouts across Texas, many are wondering what happened. 
Leftists are cheering a red state having energy problems. So here's the truth. Summary. A mix of oversubsidized wind energy and underinvestment in gas power means we didn't have enough baseload energy for a massive spike in demand. Also, Texas infrastructure isn't designed for once-in-a-century freezes. Number one. Frozen wind turbines. West Texas had wind turbines that had to be de-iced. The little energy that power regulators planned on being supplied from wind was now gone. We have almost 31, I think it's gigawatts, of wind installed on the grid, but on Monday we couldn't even depend on 6 gigawatts working. To make matters worse, existing storage of wind energy and batteries was also gone because batteries were losing 60% of their energy in the cold. Bottom line, renewables don't work well in extreme weather. Never will. This is what happens when you force the grid to rely in part on wind as a power source. When weather conditions get bad, as they did this week, intermittent renewable energy like wind isn't there when you need it. Number two, nuclear also got too cold. We only have four nuclear units in Texas near Houston and Dallas. One of the reactors near Houston turned off due to a safety sensor freezing. No problem with the reactor, but the lack of the sensor forced the plant to shut down as a precaution. On another note, this shows how safe nuclear is. Lots of safety precautions. Number three, we don't have enough natural gas online. The ERCOT planned on 67 gigawatts from natural gas and coal, but could only get 43 gigawatts of it online. We didn't run out of natural gas, but we lost the ability to get it transported. Pipelines in Texas don't use cold insulation, so they froze. Every natural gas plant stayed online. The down plants were due to scheduled maintenance. Governor Abbott made the right call in diverting all natural gas to home heating fuel and then electricity for homes. Gas and coal brought a stable supply of energy, but still not enough. Why don't we have extra gas power when we need it most? Because years of federal subsidies for wind has caused an over-reliance on wind and an underinvestment in new gas and nuclear plants. Bottom line, fossil fuels are the only thing that saved us. They are the base load of energy. If we were even more reliant on the wind turbines that froze, the outages would have been much worse. This raises the obvious question. Can we ever rely on renewables to power the grid during extreme weather? No, you need gas or nuclear. And subsidizing investment in wind has pushed gas and nuclear out. Now we live with the consequences. The push to decommission baseload power sources like natural gas would be disastrous when trying to keep the lights on in Texas. And then he talks about what they're going to be doing in Texas to get to the bottom of what happened. And they'll do better. In the meantime, stay safe, stay warm, stay strong. He concludes. He also uh, tweets about how the reason that Texas and the problem it is is because they have learned too much from California and mimicked things that are not working in light of emergencies. So there you go. From Texas representative, problems in Texas are that we they do not have enough <laughs> non-renewables when it comes to uh, uh, energy when there's a weather issue. We need gas, we need nuclear. And wind investments are pushing gas and nuclear out. Okay, last but not least, the uh, for those of you here in Las Vegas, a couple things that you might like to be aware of, and then I will wrap up. Harry Reid International Airport. Yes, visitors who fly into Las Vegas will soon be landing not at McCarran, but at Harry Reid International Airport. The Clark County Commission unanimously voted yesterday, I believe it was, to rename... McCarran International Airport for retired U.S. Senate Majority Leader, Searchlight Native, Harry Reid. Harry Reid issued a statement saying, It is with humility that I express my appreciation for this recognition today. 
And people are saying, well, why is it being renamed? Well, it has been... Uh, there are those that say that uh, Senator Pat McCarran, who the airport is currently uh, named after, is not worthy because he was a racist and an anti-Semite. His statue was removed from... Uh, where was his statue at? I forget where his statue was, but they removed his statue, I think it was last year, and then uh, there's been a push to rename the airport so it is no longer uh, named after him. Um, he, the reason it was named after him to begin with is because back in the day, uh, there was a, an airfield that was looked at that the state wanted to use, the city wanted to use for commercial tra air transportation. Um, McCarran was instrumental in helping obtain federal funding and helping the city buy that airfield and build a terminal for commercial airlines in 1941. It was then called McCarran Field, and McCarran also had the U.S. Army, I believe it was the U.S. Army Air Corps, uh, operated there as well. So the two airports, or mm, two enterprises, I guess, of the air industry operating side by side on what was originally McCarran Field. So you had a commercial side, um, and then you had the U.S. Army Air uh, Corps side. Alamo Field was built south of Vegas, and the Army wanted to uh, to reopen and expand what they had there uh, in 1948 following uh, World War II. So the commercial aspect of that airfield was transplanted to what we now know as McCarran uh, Airfield. That's the one that's just south of the Strip. And the old McCarran Airfield is what we now know as Nellis Air Force Base. So McCarran Field became McCarran International Airport because of... Nevada Senator Pat McCarran's help in getting uh, getting Nevada, or getting Vegas rather, um, that commercial area out at what is now Nellis in 1941. So they named the, the airport for him because he was the one that made that happen. But, as I mentioned, uh, there's some things with, with his uh, um, anti-Semitism and racism. Uh, also a Democrat senator, by the way, in case you were wondering about that. So it's I know there are some that are like Harry Reid. I wish we would have called it Laxalt. What about Laxalt International Airport? But no. Um, so we're just transitioning from one Democratic senator to another Democratic senator. It's going to cost approximately $2 million, I believe, they said, to change the name. I do not understand why it takes $2 million to change the name. Like, is this paperwork? How exp like, I, I'm willing, I will, you pay me to do the paperwork I don't understand this. They had to raise $2 million to do this. I'm hoping that means they're having a fundraiser and not that it's going into our taxes. But we shall see. Good news, though. Shows and conventions are returning to Las Vegas. Uh, so we have uh, shows will be reopening downtown, which also means that conventions are going to, again, be able to uh, return to our city, which will mean more jobs for our city and uh, obviously more revenue from people coming to see us. And hopefully, hopefully, the the Democrats in Carson City will recognize and again accept the uh, the Taurus income as sufficient to pay our taxes <laughs> and not raise ours or implement any kind of stakes because that would just be yuck. All right, so there you go. Wacky Wednesday, you're all caught up. 
Hope you and your family have a wonderful week. If you are here in Las Vegas, we'd love to have you join us for church on Sunday. Our address is 6501 West Lake New Boulevard, Liberty Baptist. You can find us online at experienceliberty.com. Our service times are 8 o'clock, 945, and 1130. You don't need a reservation. Masks are encouraged. And uh, we look forward to seeing you and your family then.